Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Genesis? We are journeying through the book of Genesis, and we're coming to the 13th chapter of the book of Genesis. Last uh, Sunday, we talked about a man of faith, and Abraham was a, a man that was known as a friend of God, and that he demonstrated and exercised faith in the Lord. God had called him out of the Ur of the Chaldeans, and by faith he responded to that call, and he began to move in the direction of God's leadership. And so we're grateful for that. But today we're coming, and we're going to see a contrast here today. We're going to see a contrast between a spiritual man, a consecrated man who loves the Lord and who walks with the Lord, who lives for the Lord. And in the contrast of that, we're going to see another man that is a carnal man. He walks by sight, not by faith. He walks by his desires, not by the desires of the Lord. And so the two men we're going to talk about today is they're, they're related. They're family related. One is an uncle, one is a nephew, of course, and his name is Lot. Abraham being the patriarch, the man of God, as he left the Ur of the Chaldeans, uh, which was a pagan-centered uh, place, The Bible says that he also took with him Lot, his nephew. And there we began to find that Lot was not only family related to Abraham, but he was also faith related. Because Lot also chose to leave that pagan city. And he responded to the call of faith. That tells me something. That tells me what a tremendous influence that parents, grandparents, and family members have upon their children. That by your faith, they see it, and they see it demonstrated, and they respond likewise. I find it so interesting is that when a man gives his heart to the Lord and begins to serve the Lord of the odds of, of, of great expectations of believing and knowing that their children are also going to come to know the Lord and walk with the Lord. So that tells me that I have a tremendous responsibility as a father, a grandfather, as well as possibly an uncle or other responsibilities or relationships that I have with my family. So, with your Bibles open, we're going to look at chapter 13, and we're going to begin reading in verse 5. So, would you stand with me in the reading of God's Holy Word? Chapter 13 of the book of Genesis, and we're going to begin reading in verse 5. Now, notice what the Bible says, And Lot also 
who went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them, that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please, let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. It's not the whole land before you. Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you'll go to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go toward Zohar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot has separated from him, lift your eyes. Now look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width. For I give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the plain of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, may you bless the reading of your scripture. And may the Holy Spirit of God may demonstrate his power and His work in and through each and every one of our lives. And may Christ be glorified in it all. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I find it quite interesting. You find two Christians here, and you find that there is a tremendous contrast between one from the other. Abram certainly had demonstrated his faith in the Lord, and he showed that faith 
by responding to the call of God upon his life. And then you began to notice that there was Lot. Lot also responded to the call of faith, but somewhere along the way, Lot began to make some terrible decisions. Have you ever noticed that in life you're always faced with decisions? And it's very important that you recognize the importance of those decisions. And that you seek the will and the way of God in the midst of those decisions. But as we study here in the scriptures in the life of Lot, it almost looks as if that he is a lost man. In fact, if the scriptures didn't tell us that he was a saved man, we would sometimes wonder whether he was saved or lost. In fact, you can go through all the Old Testament and still wonder if Lot is a saved man. Go through almost the whole entire New Testament until you come to Second Peter chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. And Peter reminds us that Lot was a saved man. Listen to what the Bible says. And it says, and delivered righteous Lot. Now underline that word righteous. Not that his life was righteous, but that his position was righteous. That he was righteous in the sight of God because of his faith. But listen to what the Bible says. But who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For the righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing the lawless deeds. A righteous man. A just man, the Bible talks about. Not righteous by practice, but righteous by position. In fact, Lot was an individual that uh, the Bible says that he was tormented because of his wicked lifestyle. So really what you have here, you have a contrast. You have a contrast of a saved man, which is a spiritual man. Another saved man, which the Bible describes as, as a carnal Man. That is a man that who has been saved, but yet he lives by the lifestyle of the world. So what I want to do today is to take that contrast. And I want us to look at the contrast between the carnal man and the righteous man, the saved man. Listen to what the Bible says as you go and you begin to look in these passages of scriptures. It says there that there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. In other words, there was a problem that had developed among them. So the first thing is you began to notice that as they were exposed to that problem, you began to see the difference between the carnal man 
and the consecrated man, the carnal man and the spiritual man. Paul spoke to that particular uh, thing as he said there in the book of Corinth. When he says, are you carnal and walk as men? In other words, he's talking to believers and he says, you're saved, but you're not acting like it. And I'm so afraid that we have many in our churches today. They're bound for heaven, but they live for the world. A carnal man. Lot sort of remind me of this overweight businessman. And uh, the desires of the flesh. It was New Year's and he made a New Year's resolution. And that New Year's resolution was that he was going to lose weight and he was going to go on a diet. And so one day he came to the office and there he had a big box of Krispy Kreme donuts. And uh, somebody began to scold him there in the office and said, "Uh, look at you, you're supposed to be going on a diet and there you have a Krispy Kreme donut. He said, ah, listen, he said, these are special donuts. Krispy Kreme donuts are special, aren't they? <laughs> he said, uh, I prayed this morning if the Lord did not want me to have a Krispy Kreme donut. As I drove by that Krispy Kreme store, that there would not be a parking space in the front of that place. After eight times around Krispy Kreme, I found the parking space. <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times we want to Blame others than what we want to accept the responsibility of the blame. I want you to see two things that stands out in the life of Lot that reveals to us his carnality. First of all, I want you to notice in verses 5, 6, and 7 of the desires of this carnal man. You can see greatly by the desires of this man that it was carnal. It says in verse 5, And Lot also went with Abram and had flocks and herds and tents. And now the land was not able to support them, for they might dwell together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And in verse 7 says, there was strife. Look at that. There was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Bible reminds us here that Uncle Abe and nephew Lot had become very wealthy. God had blessed them in a marvelous way, materially speaking. And the Bible reminds us that he had blessed them so well that their cattle and their cattlemen began to bump into one another. And all of a sudden, there was strife that had been developed between these two men. Abraham looked at Lot and said, Hey, listen, we don't need to be fighting. He began to say there in verse 10, he says, you look and you decide which 
way you want to go. If you want to go to the left, I go to the right. If you want to go to the right, I'll go to the left. But we don't want strife to be between us. Now, can you imagine strife between two Christians? Can you imagine Two Christians who's supposed to walk with God and live for God have an argument with one another? Happens every day. But Abraham being the wise gentleman that he was, very concerned about his testimony. Instead of taking the high road, he took the low road. And he says, listen, Lot, if you want to go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you want to go to the right, I'll go to the left. And the Bible tells us there, look what it says there in verse 8. So Abram says, please let there be no strife between you and me. And between your herdsmen and your... and." Uh, between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Now notice what he says in verse 10. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. As you go toward Zoar. And then in verse 11, the Bible says, Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. For himself, all the plain. I think that's interesting. The land of the Lord. I think it's interesting as you see there in verse 10, the Jordan, even as the garden of the Lord and the land of Egypt. That is the the two extreme opposites. I mean, it's like I want to have one foot in the land of the Lord and one foot in the land of Egypt. Now, you remember what Egypt is? Egypt represents the world. Egypt represents sin. It represents carnality. And Lot says, I want both. I find that's interesting. People will come to church on Sunday and act godly, and then they'll go to work on Monday and act like the world. One foot in and one foot out. And this is exactly what he's talking about here. And the Bible reminds us here. I like what John Phillips, that great writer said. He said, Lot had two reasons for choosing the well-watered Jordan Valley. Because the Jordan Valley was even as the garden of the Lord. That was his religious reason. And then he says, it was like the land of Egypt. That was his real reason. And that is so true. He wanted both. He wanted the earthly as well as the heavenly. He wanted Eden and he wanted Egypt. 
And so many people are just like that today. Someone has said that every man has to deal with two questions. The first question is, are you going to heaven or hell? The second question is, are you going to live for heaven or are you going to live for the earth? I think that Lot answered both of those questions. When he left the earth, the Chaldeans, he says, I want to live, I want to go to heaven. But when he took the land of Egypt, he says, I want to live for the earth. I want to live for the world. I want to live my way. He would accept the song of Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. And my friend, So many people today, instead of living by the Spirit, they live by the flesh. Instead of being led by God and being controlled by the Holy Spirit, they're controlled by the flesh and they're controlled by their own desires. They're controlled by their own wants. D.L. Moody said one time, which I thought was so interesting, he says the place of the ship is in the sea, but God helped the ship if the sea is ever in the ship. And isn't that true? God help us. When the world gets into us, God help us. And what happens is you begin to make some fleshly and carnal decisions. Lot was in the world and the world was with world was in him. You remember something that I thought was so interesting. As you go and you finish reading chapter 12 of the book of Genesis, it said that Abraham went down into Egypt when there was a famine that had come. And he also took Lot with him. And the Bible says there in the latter part of chapter 12 that he came up out of Egypt. Now remember, Egypt is a picture, a typology of the world. And Lot also came out with him from Egypt. Here's the thing, though. He was able to get Lot out of Egypt, but he never was able to get Egypt out of Lot. Listen to me, parents. You better be careful when you start making worldly decisions because you're going to take your children with you. And one day you might repent and you might come out from that sin. But so many times, because of your decisions, it has impacted upon the life of those children. He was able to get Lot out of Egypt, but he was never able to get Egypt out of Lot. So, you see here, Lot's Lot's carnal, carnal way was because of his desires. But I want you to notice about the decisions of this carnal Christian. Listen to what the Bible says there in verse 11. And then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east. 
And they separated each from each other. Here's Lot. He's made a decision. And what is that decision based upon? It's based upon his own selfish desires. Now, one time do you find in the scriptures that Lot is seeking the face of God and asking God's will for his life. Now, one time do you find him praying and saying, God, show me the way. He doesn't do that. But he all, all of his decisions was based upon sight. Based upon desires. A carnal man is not interested in what God wants. He's only interested in what he wants. You might say, well, what's so bad about his decision? I mean, after all, the Bible says the land was well watered. The lustrous streams, the beautiful plains of of that valley. Why, who wouldn't want that? Well, you have to go a little bit further And you began to notice in chapter 13, verse 12, it says, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. And notice this, and he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Now, when you hear the word Sodom, what do you think of? Sodomy. Homosexuality. You think of immorality. You think of iniquity. Here is a man of God, the Bible says. A just man. A righteous man. But now he has pitched. In other words, he is beginning to move to borderline sins. Have you ever noticed that Satan never does uh, tempt us to go overboard when the first temptation comes, but it's usually a borderline sin. And then that borderline sin gets worse and worse and worse and worse. There's always a progression to sin. Here is a Christian, and there he has his eyes upon the city of Sodom. Who would have thought it? Well, my friend, that's where your decision-making will get you in trouble if it's not led by the Lord. I want you to notice the progression. The Bible says in chapter 13, verse 12, that he pitched his tent towards Sodom. If you take your Bibles and turn... Uh, one chapter over, and it says in Genesis chapter 14, verse 12, they also took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom. Isn't that amazing? Only one chapter. He pitched his tent toward Sodom. One chapter later, he's living in Sodom. Then if you want to continue seeing the progression, you turn your Bible's pages over to chapter 19, verse 1. And the Bible tells us 
Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. That gate of Sodom underlined that. Why is that so important? Back in biblical days, that when a city would conduct business, they would do it in the gate of that city. It would be something like City Hall. Some people have, uh, theologians suggest that Lot not only lived in Sodom, but he ended up becoming the mayor of Sodom. One of the city officials, one of the leading men of Sodom. Here's a Christian and living in sin. Think about it. When, when Lot began to make his decisions, he didn't think about God. He didn't think about Abraham. He didn't think about Sarah. He didn't even think about his own daughters and his own wife. You remember the story that as the angels came and warned, uh, Lot that God was going to destroy this wicked city. And literally told him to flee and not even look back. And his wife was so attached to this ungodly city. The Bible says she turned and she turned into a pillar of salt. Can you imagine a man getting himself in such a fix as Lot did? He didn't think about others. Only thing he thought about was me and myself and I. Friend, I want you to understand. You see here the characteristics of a carnal man. And unfortunately, we've got Christians every single day are pitching their tents towards Sodom. Living in Sodom. And conducting their business inside. Well, let's, let's move from there. Let's move to a man by the name of Abraham. Abraham, the consecrated Christian. Abraham kind of reminded me of the story I heard about a Jewish man and a Chinese man. They were sitting in a restaurant one day. And all of a sudden, the Chinese man went over there, and um, or the Jewish man went over there and slapped the Chinese man upside the face. Knocked him off his stool. And the Chinese man said, why did you do that? He said, because of Pearl Harbor. He said, Pearl Harbor, he said, that was the Japanese. He says, Chinese, Japanese, Vietnamese, they're all the same. Well, it wasn't just a little while later. The Jewish man went over there and he slapped the Chinese guy. And the Chinese guy says, what did you do that for? He said, because of the Titanic. 
He said, the Titanic. He said, what have I got to do with the Titanic? He said, because an iceberg is what? Sunk that Titanic. He said, well, I'm Jewish. What has that got to do with it? He says, Goldberg, Feinberg, Iceberg, they're all the same to me. (laughs) Well, my friend, I want you to understand. Christians are not all the same. They're not all the same. You've got some that walks in the Spirit. And you've got some that walks in the flesh. I began to look at Abraham and I began to see some great distinctions of this consecrated Christian. There's something about Abraham that reminds me of a spiritual man. The Bible says, look what it, look what he says there in verse 8. So Abraham said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me. The first thing that I see about Abraham was the sensitivity of this man. When it came to a division between Lot and Abraham, the issue was not that Abraham got the best deal, was that God would not be reflected upon in a bad way in their lifestyle. You stop and you think about it. Here's two Christians and they're fighting one another. They're arguing with one another. And yet Abraham was so sensitive about the situation. It says in Genesis chapter 13, verse 17, it says, And the Canaanites and the Perizzites dwelled in the land. In other words, that the world was watching these two Christians. Have you ever stopped to think about it? The Bible says that the world will know that you're one of my disciples by the way that you love one another. If Abraham had been a carnal man, he might have reacted altogether a different way. He probably could have said, listen here, sonny boy, who do you think you are? I'm the elder. I make the decisions around here. But he didn't do that. Here, he didn't want to make a scene. He did not want to make a scene between him and Lot amongst the lost world. I've seen church fights sometimes that have destroyed reputations of the church. I've seen Christians before that get so angry and go so mad that they will say things and do things that you would think that a Christian could never do. They're more concerned about their way than they are about the testimony of God's church and the testimony of the body of Christ. I've seen people get mad at the pastor 
or they get mad at each other. And, and, and they claim to be children of God, and yet they won't even speak to one another when they come into the house of God. Abraham was very sensitive to that. Abraham says, wait a minute, we are brethren. Let there be no strife. I'm reminded of what Jesus said in chapter 5 in the book of Matthew, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemaker, for they shall be called the sons of God. What a tremendous picture of a spiritual man. But I see something else, a great distinction of Abraham. Not on the sensitivity, but also of the selflessness. As I said earlier, Abraham could have said, I'm the older. I'm the one that brought you here. I should get first choice. But he doesn't do that. As I said earlier, the, the, the carnal man is all he's concerned about is me, mine, and I. And that they're number one. All some people are concerned about is that they have their rights. I demand my rights. But I think it's so interesting here, Abraham being selflessness. The eye had been bent to a sea which represents the crucified Christ. Not I, but Christ that lives in me. A pastor one day was with his buddies and they were at the golf, at the pro shop at the golf course and they looked at the pastor and the pastor uh, said, what is your handicap? Quite surprisingly, the pastor said, I'm my handicap. (laughs) You know what? I find that so true to be, even in my life many times. As I try to live for the Spirit of God and allow the Spirit of God have control of my life, if I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, old flesh will rise to the occasion. And the old flesh will show his ugly head. Someone asked, said, who do you have the most problems in that church down there at Kempsville Baptist Church? I said, the most problems I have out of that church is a person by the name of Kelly Burris. Constantly fighting the flesh. Fighting the flesh. But you see the selflessness, do you not? In the life of Abraham. But you also see his submission. I find it interesting that he submits to Lot, his nephew. He submits to God's will. He submits to another person. Oh, that's so hard to do, isn't it, when you're living in the flesh? That I submit 
the spirit of submissiveness, a spirit of saying, I'm sorry, a spirit of saying, please forgive me. Let there be no strife among us. And whatever I need to do, I'll do it to make sure there is no strife. Marks of a spiritual man. Submission. Submitting to God and submitting to one another. I believe Paul talks about that. So you see that consecrated Christian, those distinctions... But I want you to see in closing, not only those distinctions, but the dividends of the consecrated Christian. Go back and read chapter 13, verse 14 through 18. I don't have time to read it all. But I think it's so interesting. Lot chose the best land when it was all said and done. But God gave Abraham all the land. Isn't that amazing? Lot thought he was getting the best end of the deal. And yet because of the sensitivity, his selflessness, his submission, God says, I'm going to give you all the land anyway, Abraham. You can't outdo God. You can't outdo God. God says, walk through the length and the breadth of the land and check it out because it is yours. You go northward or southward or eastward or westward. It is yours. No one ever gets shortchanged when it comes to God. I'm reminded what Joshua said. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which are your fathers served that were on the other side of the river are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, but as for me, And my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's the spiritual man. That's the spiritual man that says, as for me and my household, I'm not going to allow conflict. I'm not going to allow strife. I'm not going to allow things that would this flesh would be feed, that would feed upon. I'm not going to allow. For as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. And as for my household, we're going to serve the Lord. I believe that was not only Joshua's theme song, but I believe it was Abraham's. How about yours? Are you faced with some decisions in the world today? Are you faced with some... De- well, in those decision-making, how, what is the process that you're going through? Are you asking God for wisdom and leadership and direction and for His will and His way? 
Are you saying, I look at this situation and this is what's best for me? You better be careful. You better be careful. Are there strife? Has there been some strife in your life between another brother or sister? Have you reconciled that situation? If not, why not? Is it because of pride? Well, it was their fault. Well, it was Lot's decisions. But Abraham took the high road. And he was very submissive. And he was very sensitive. And very selfless. Would you be willing to do that same thing today? I encourage you to make the right decisions. Because this decision will affect other decisions. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for giving us the whole story. Not only the good parts, but the bad parts as we study the lives of Abraham and Lot. Help us, dear Lord, that we, like Abraham, like a Joshua, would say, as far as me, I'm not going to let anything to hinder me from going that second mile. God, forgive me where I have failed you. Forgive me where there I have not been willing to reconcile my relationship with another brother. Forgive me if I have given a terrible impression to the world. Oh, Lord. Restore. Lord, I may be talking to some people here today. They're a lot like Lot. And they're making some terrible decisions. And Lord, you've brought them here today to warn them. You've brought them here today to to show them of what they're about to do is wrong. So Lord, just do the mighty work that you will do and can do. Have thy own will and way in the life of this very moment. In Jesus we pray.